0: talk to you about a kind of a touchy subject it's called legacy you spend your whole life building your legacy because when you pass away the things that you leave behind tells a story of how you lived what was important to you and the things that you've accumulated and done in your lifetime part of the process is passing the stuff that you have accumulated over your lifetime to the new owners. So a change of ownership. And this is done in several ways, but one of the ways it works is use of a will. Now there's a good thing about a will and a bad thing about a will. First of all, if you make a will, you have control over the assets and who they might want to go to in that situation. But if you pass away without a will, the state in its benevolent knowledge says, we'll do a will for you. The courts will appoint somebody to make the decision for you. And that might not be what you desire to have done. So I would encourage you to stop by if you have a concern, talk to the Legacy Committee. They can help you find a way to make this transition smooth. Thank you.
1: Greetings Church. The holiday season is nearly upon us and it's no better time than to invite you to the Cameron Municipal Band upcoming holiday concert. It will be December 8th. The concert begins at 3 o'clock and we're hosting it here at Cameron United Methodist Church. What better way to welcome the community and cheer in the season than to provide hospitality for this event. If you're willing to bake cookies or other uh, treats for this concert, or just serve as part of a welcoming committee, please write that on your uh, insert in your bulletin and let us know. Pastor Dan and Kobe and Don are more than happy to visit with you about it, as am I. Uh, but please join us on December 8th at 3 p.m. You'll love it.
2: How's that? That works? Okay. I don't know about this. Uh, I may, yeah, I don't know what happens when I do that? (coughs) This is gonna be difficult today. Um, Please, uh, please fill out the attendance sheets um, on the back put any joys or concerns you have as um, Anne um, suggested. If you are available to help on December 8th or interested in helping by baking cur- cookies or uh, doing hospitality, uh, please note that on the back also. You'll be invited to drop this in the offering place during the time of offering. And so I just want to encourage you to fill that out and, um, and take care of that. Uh, isn't it great? To gather together um, in this sacred space, Um, in this space where um, we um, come and are reminded of God's presence, in this space where no matter what circumstances we come from or what we've done throughout the week, we are reminded that God is with us, um, that God's presence is with us all the time. We gather in this space anticipating and expecting to experience the presence of the Spirit, uh, to touch us in the deepest depths of our being so that we might be shaped and formed so that uh, we can continue to to grow in our relationship with God uh, so that we can go and make a difference in the lives of other people. And so I invite you to stand as our acolytes uh, bring in the light and we are reminded that Christ is with us here and now. We light the Paschal Candle Day to be reminded of D. Price, who passed away this week and whose funeral is this Friday. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, as we gather in this space, calm our souls. Help us to set aside whatever distractions there may be. Allow us to focus our attention on you on your presence among us, on your spirit, which flows in among us and through us. Indeed, as we gather in this space, open up our minds, our hearts, the very depths of our soul, that we might experience your presence, that we might be changed and formed, so that we might be the people you call us to be. In Christ's name, amen. And now remain standing as we join our voices together, as we sing, O God, our help in ages past. Amen. You may be seated. Now comes an opportunity for us to uh, take our prayers to the Lord, and I just have a couple of things I'd like to add to the the prayer list. I encourage uh, you to take these home um, and to be in prayer for the congregation and for the folks on the list here um, throughout uh, this week. Um, Let's remember... um, Tom Price and the Price family, in, in, as, they, um, as they grieve and celebrate Dee's life. And then um, Rod Morrison's sister-in-law, Shelly, um, had a surgery this week, and so we want to uh, lift her up in prayer also. And then uh, tomorrow is a Veterans Day, and so um, let's, everybody who is a veteran or a family of veterans, stand up. Here we go. Thank you. And um, so let us keep them in our prayers this week also. Um, I invite you, as we uh, bow our heads in prayers, that um, you are invited to participate, not just to listen. And so, Uh, In the midst of the silence is your opportunity to offer up to God those things which are on your heart. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, as we gather in this space, we are thankful for your presence in our lives. We give thanksgiving for those places where we have seen you this week and experienced you. For the gift of being with family and friends. For the gift of enjoying fellowship with others. We also come, Lord, and bring before you those things that weigh heavily upon our heart. We offer up to you those loved ones who are struggling, whether it be with illness or emotional or relational. We lift them up to you. We especially lift up the Price family to you this day. In the midst of their grief, allow them to gather together to celebrate Dee's life, to be reminded of the goodness and graciousness that she shared with others, and to lay hold of the promises that you make to all, that nothing in life or death can separate us from your love. As we gather in this space, we acknowledge, Lord, that there have been times this week where we have simply failed to be the people that you have called us to do, that we have done those things that we know grieve your heart, or we have failed to do the things that you have nudged us to do. We have not always been as kind and courteous as you would lead us to be. Sometimes we've been in a rush and haven't taken the time to spend time connecting with others or simply listening to their stories. Sometimes we've found ourselves just agitated, upset, even angry because things have not gone the way that we wanted or expected. Sometimes we've just simply failed to acknowledge your presence, and we've lived an entire week without acknowledging that you are with us and in us. Gracious God, forgive us. Pour out your Spirit upon us that we might experience your pardon, your forgiveness, and your love. That we might be empowered to go forth and to do life with you this week, paying more attention to your presence, to your guidance to the people you put in our pathway. Indeed, as we gather in this space, pour out your Spirit upon us and help us that as we pray this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, that it is not simply words from our mouths,
1: The walls sitting on the pew
2: isn't it great to have a choir? Somebody told him I like spirituals. I don't know who told him that. Um, kids, y'all want to come up here? No? Oh, okay. I just have to be patient. Come on up here. Now they're all coming up here because they think I have money. How you all doing today? Good? Have you had a good week? Anybody here had fun this week? No? Oh, no. Half and half. Hmm. Okay. Goodness me. Here, I thought, I thought y'all would just jump up and down and say, oh yes, we had lots of fun this week. Huh? What was this week? Y'all, y'all are too young to be saying that. That's right. Tomorrow's Veterans Day. You are correct. You what? You fell down the stairs? Oh, so that wasn't fun. Hmm. Well, when you, all, when you all think of following Jesus, what do you think of? Yes? That we should worship him? Okay. Uh-huh. You think of what? Love forever. Love forever. That's good. Yes? You think about trusting him? That's good. I think a lot of times, sometimes when we think about Jesus and following Jesus, we think that following Jesus is all work, don't we sometimes? And we think like, well, following Jesus is kind of a drag. Don't we think that sometimes? Because we think, yes, you prayed to God yesterday to help you? Good. Ah, good. Uh Uh-oh. So it helped to pray to God? Good. Sometimes we think of this following, we think of following Jesus, and in fact, if you see most pictures of Jesus, um, Jesus doesn't look like a happy person, does he? I got this picture, though. Look at this picture of Jesus. Whoa. Have you ever seen a picture like that of Jesus? No? What is he doing there? He's laughing. How often do we think, uh, you know, we think, well, Jesus just was too serious and he didn't have time to laugh. But yet if we read scriptures, don't we learn that Jesus loved to spend time and to have fun? Sometimes we act as if when we're having fun, we're not doing something that God wants us to do. And yet, the scripture that we're going to read today says that God, it reminds us that God created us to enjoy life. God did create us so that we could enjoy a living life in communion with the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, in living in connection with each other and harmony with one another. God didn't just create us to Uh, work hard and have no fun. God created us to enjoy life. And so when you think of Jesus next time, I want you to think of Jesus like this. Can you do that? Of Jesus laughing, because you know what I believe? I believe that when you're running around on the playground, when you're running around outside having fun, that Jesus is right there with you having fun and laughing with you. Do you believe that? Do you all believe that? Yes? Maybe not so sure. <laughs> y'all believe that, don't you? Amen. Yes. Amen. Um, and so, um, on the back of this is the prayer of St. Francis. And so, I thought I would pray that to stay. And then, I'll send you on your way. What do you think? See that picture? What's Jesus doing? Alright, can y'all smile and laugh a little? Huh? Oh, some of you are trying really hard not to, because I ask you to. Let's pray. Lord, make us an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, let us give pardon. Where there is doubt, faith, where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, let us be the light. And where there is sadness, let us bring joy. Indeed, grant, Lord, that we might not seek so much to be loved ourselves, but that we might seek to love, that we might seek to give and not just receive. Indeed, may we be reminded of your presence with us. May we be reminded that you laugh and you celebrate with us. In Christ's name, amen. 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 And now I invite you all to stand as we join our voices together and we sing, Take Time to Be Holy. You may be seated. Kobe and the youth are at a retreat this weekend, and um, I should have mentioned that earlier. Um, and we trust that they've had a wonderful week. Um, and so um, we won't be. Um, putting this on video or Facebook this week. Um, So if you have folks who um, missed the sermon, they can still get it on audio. And so remind them of that. I don't know about you all, but have you found yourself saying things like, if only I had more time? Yes? Um, Or, geesh, the world just seems to go faster and faster and faster. There's never enough time in the day. Yes? Um, I found myself saying that yesterday um, because we had been gone all week, and I'm like, I need more time to work on this sermon. Where am I going to get more time? Of course, Deb reminded me that um, I never have enough time to finish up my sermon i'm always working on it up until the last moment and if you gave me two extra hours still at the end of that time i would tell you i didn't have enough time and i needed more yes sometimes i even ask god can you make the rest of the world stop so i can have two hours to catch up yes yeah um he he hasn't answered that prayer yet at least to the best of my knowledge uh, but but we all seem to have, especially in our Western society, um, we, we have this uh, struggle, this challenge with time. We seem to have this idea that we don't have enough time. And yet time is the great equalizer, isn't it? I mean, God gave each of us 24 hours each day to spend as we choose, right? He gave us 60 minutes each hour and 60 seconds each minute. And that's what we get. And so apparently that is time enough to do what God calls us to do. It is time enough to be who God calls us to be. Now there's a problem with me doing this sermon today. Um, There are probably other people maybe that are more qualified to do this. And so, um, and and what I mean by that is, um, I am far from figuring this out. You can ask my wife. She'll tell you I've got a lot of work to do when it comes to time. Because I always find myself thinking, there's just not enough time to do everything that I want to do. And yet, Scripture reminds me of a different story. And so today, we're gonna read a few scriptures. This could be interesting with one hand. First of all, I wanna read from Ephesians, chapter five, verse 15 and 16. This is what Paul says to the Ephesians church. He says, be careful to live your life wisely, not foolishly. Take advantage of every opportunity um, because these are evil times. We hear this passage, we realize that the issue that we have is not that we don't have enough time. And we hear passages like this and and we think, so maybe the issue is, is that we just need to organize our time better we just need to manage our time better and there's there's hundreds probably thousands of books that are written to tell us how to organize our time better and to manage our time better but see while it is important for us to use the time that we have wisely i think the issue that we have it's not that we don't have enough time And it's not even that we just don't manage or organize. I think the issue goes deeper. And so let's listen to what the uh, psalmist has to say in Psalms chapter 90, beginning in verse 12. Teach us to number our days so that we can have a wise heart. Come back to us, Lord, please, quick. Have some compassion for your servants. Fill us full every morning with your faithfulness so we can rejoice and celebrate our whole life long. Make us happy for the same amount of time that we have been afflicted, for the same number of years that we saw trouble. Let your acts be seen by your servants. Let your glory be seen by your children. Let the kindness of the Lord our God be over us. Make the work of our hands last. Make the work of our hands last. And then let's read this passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Um, this one probably is one of the most familiar passages of Scripture. Up until this point, the, um, the teacher in Ecclesiastes has kind of concluded that neither work or education or pleasure uh, can give meaning to life. And and so um, he begins in chapter three here to share what he has discovered. And this is what he says. There's a season for everything and a time for every matter under the heavens, a time for giving birth and a time for dying, a time for planting, and a time for uprooting what was planted, a time to kill and a time for healing, a time for tearing down and a time for building up, a time for crying and a time for laughing, a time for mourning and a time for dancing, a time for throwing stones and a time for gathering stones, a time for embracing and a time for avoiding embraces, a time for searching and a time for losing. A time for keeping and a time for throwing away. A time for tearing and a time for repairing. A time for keeping silent and a time for speaking. A time for loving and a time for hating. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from all their hard work? I have observed the task that God has given human beings. God has made everything fitting in its time but has also placed eternity in their hearts without enabling them to discover what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there's nothing better for them but to enjoy themselves and do what's good while they live. Moreover, this is the gift of God, that all people should eat, drink, and enjoy the results of their hard work. I know that whatever God does will not last forever, It's impossible to add to it or take away from it. God has done this so that people are reverent before him. Whatever happens has already happened, and whatever will happen has already happened before God. And God looks after what is driven away. Everyone with ears to hear, hear the word of God and respond this day. As I looked at these passages and I think about time this week, It becomes apparent our problem is not that we don't have enough. Our our problem is not even that we don't organize it or manage it well. But if you're like me, certainly we struggle with that. The issue that we have with time is much deeper and much more complex, it seems to me. It seems that it begins with our view of time. In Western society, we tend to view time as a resource, as a resource to be used to accomplish, or to perform, or to achieve, or to do something, uh, to achieve a goal. We tend to think of time only in that sense. And yet, I think Scripture uh, challenges us to think of time as a gift from God. Not just as a resource that we use to accomplish, or to be, or to get more done. But it is a gift from God that has been given to us to enjoy and to share with God and one another. It is this gift that God has given us so that we might be in relationship with him and with other people. I think the other mistake that we often make when we think about time is even within Christian circles we we talk about heaven and eternity and sometimes we think that our time here is insignificant. We think that our time here is just time that we endure or struggle or seek to wait until we reach heaven's shores. And yet, in these passages and other passages, uh, we are told that our time, even though it may be small in regards to all of eternity, that our time here is important. And that our time here, we have been called to participate in God's eternal purposes. We have been shaped and formed and gifted in such a way that we can participate in God's purposes to offer hope and healing and wholeness to the people that we encounter to the time and space in which we inhabit. And so uh, time is not uh, just something that we endure but indeed, it is a place in which we participate with God in his purposes. Now, the other thing, I think, as I think about time is when we talk about time, we often see time just in relationship to uh, the clock and the calendar. Um, we become slaves, in fact, often to our, our calendars and our uh, uh, schedules, And yet, as I listen and I read Scripture, there are other ways to think about time rather than just in regards to uh, this linear thing that moves down the road. In fact, much of Scripture talks about times in relation to the festivals that were celebrated every year. See, time can also be thought of in terms of events, in terms of seasons. And in fact, I think part of what the teacher in Ecclesiastes is trying to emphasize to us in regards to time is that uh, life itself has seasons. There, are much, there is much of life that we don't have control of, if we're honest with ourselves, right? Right? There's much uh, of life in, in which we know what the cycles of life are. We know uh, that life involves birth and death. We know that life involves sickness and health. We know that it involves war and peace. And yet, we can't control always when those times are, can we? There are seasons of time. And so another way to think about time is that there is a right time and place to do certain things. There are right things to do at the appropriate time. And so we can also think of time as simply doing the right thing at the right time. And so as we we hear um, these passages and think this day... I think we are encouraged to see time as a gift. We are encouraged to see time as, as something that we do and invest in, in participating in God's eternal purposes. And we are encouraged to think about time in terms of doing the appropriate thing at the appropriate time. So, so how is it that we go about making the most of our time? How is it that we uh, live our lives wisely? Well, it seems to me that the psalmist and the teacher say that the most important thing in aligning our time, it's not to be busier. It's not to cram more things into a, a 24-hour period. It's not even about being more efficient with our time. I mean, look at Jesus' own life. Um, Think about the the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. Uh, Jesus stops at, at noonday to encounter this one woman and to engage this woman. Uh, to spend time getting to hear her story and share and to make a difference in her life. Wouldn't it have been more efficient and more productive if Jesus had just gone into town and He could have healed hundreds and thousands of people? And yet, Jesus knew at that time and at that place the most important thing for Him to do was to take time to be with that person in that place, as long as she needed him to be there so that he could touch the very depths of her soul. And that she might be transformed. And so you see, um, it's not always about being busier or cramming more in or being more efficient, but it is about creating rhythms that that allow us to enjoy the time that God has given us as we participate in his mission and his purpose. Don't miss that both in the psalmist and in the teacher's, uh, the, the teacher's writing, that they emphasize that God indeed created us to enjoy life. Sometimes I wonder if as Christians that we really believe that. I wonder if sometimes we get this impression that God just created us so that he could tell us to just go do this and go do that. But the reality is that God created us to be in joyful relationship with him. God created us to be in relationship with one another. He created us to enjoy life. And yet, what does the teacher tell us? The teacher tells us uh, that when we go and we seek the joy of life in, in the things that we do or the things that we gather or our position or our status, when we do those things apart from God, we don't find the joy and the satisfaction and the contentment that we seek. What the great teacher learned was that those wonderful gifts of God, they don't bring the joy and contentment without the presence of God. In other words, regardless of what season that we find ourselves in, the most important thing that we can do is to remain connected to God. And we do that, right? We all know how we do that. We do that through prayer, and through scriptures, and through worship, and through meditation, and through solitude. But we also do that, if you you participate in the 60, 60 challenge, we also can do that every moment and every hour by simply being reminded of God's presence with us. It seems as if the psalmist and the teacher learned uh, that if we are to make the most of life, if we are to make the most of the time that we have, we need to remain connected to God. We need to invite God into our time and spend time with God. Now, that does not mean uh, that we have to spend every hour reading Scripture, It doesn't even mean, so um, let's see, pastor, um, if I pray for 30 minutes and I read scripture for 15 and I participate in worship um, an hour, um, that's it, right? Good. Or, Or do I need to do more? Being connected to God is not just going through rituals, but it is about the quality of the relationship that we develop. And when we spend that time with God, then we can discern how to best spend the rest of the time that we have. It allows us to stay connected, to be guided and directed by the Holy Spirit to live in Jesus and to allow Jesus to live in and through us in all that we do. It allows us to discern where God is nudging us and where God guides us and directs us. It allows us to enjoy God's presence. It allows us to be reminded that when God looks upon us, he smiles and he laughs and he celebrates our existence. These are important things for us to remember. So what do we do with the rest of our time? It depends. Yes? It depends on what season of life you're in, doesn't it? Especially for those who are a little bit older, is that not true? Do you do the same things today that you did 30 years ago? No. No. Your priorities are different. The things you do to stay connected to God, the things we do to make a difference in life are are different. And so it is important for us to discern the season within which we find ourselves. And then um, when we understand the season that we are in, to align and prioritize what we do so that we remain connected to God and so that we... Become the people God calls us to be, and we participate in God's kingdom work the way God calls us to participate. Can I give you uh, uh, some an example? Uh, when um, when we had kids, when our kids were younger, any of you experience that? Any of you living that now? We didn't have a lot of free time. Yeah? Maybe you all are better at this than, I, than, than we were. We didn't have a lot of free time. A- a- and, um, and so we had to be a bit creative in how we did things. But we knew actually, we weren't in church when we first had kids. It's when we had children that we realized we were in trouble. We could not do this alone. We And we couldn't do it with just family either, as, as loving and wonderful as they were. Um, we needed some help from God. Yeah? That's how God got our attention. He gave us kids and said, here, you try to do this on your own for a while. And when we realized we couldn't, we realized, man, we, we need to get reconnected to God because we need a lot of Help. And so we discovered that as we uh, reconnected with God, as we renewed our relationship with Christ, as we allowed the Spirit to work in us, we discovered that um, we, we, we would live. And so um, it called us to look at how we used our time it called us to think about what was important in life. And, and so um, for me, it, it caused me to look at how I viewed work and what work was all about. I mean, you know, somebody's got to, you, you got to work so that you can put food on the table, right? Yes? But it doesn't mean that you have to work 20 hours a day. Necessarily. Maybe for some people it does. Um, But it changed my view on work. And my time. And I realized that. uh, I heard other people tell stories. uh, Of how uh, they allowed the time. Of their children being younger. To pass them by. And that they wished that they had done more. And so. I decided that my time needed to be prioritized that when I wasn't traveling, which at that time was about uh, about 50% of the weeks, I traveled out of town. When I was in town, I made every effort to be at my children's events. As time allowed, well, I also learned with the help of my wife um, that doing a simple thing, and um, setting aside 6 o'clock every evening to be at the dinner table could make a lot of difference in the lives of your family. I discovered if I had work that wasn't completed, I could do it later in the evening or I could do it early the next morning. But I learned it was important, because my family was important, to set aside and prioritize that Time. Now, I also, as we were connected with the church, I wanted to serve and participate in God's missions and plans. And so, we allowed time to teach high school and participate in disciple Bible study. And then as my kids got a little older, I... I, um, felt drawn to help coach my daughter's softball team. Now, all of these things take up time. But what I discovered is that in the midst of doing those things uh, that I could develop relationships with other people. I discovered that in the midst of doing those things, I could minister uh, and spend time with my family. I learned in the midst of those things that I could participate in God's purposes in the folks who were around me. Some days I look back and I'm not sure how we did everything that we did when our children were younger. But I know the most important thing that we did is that we remained connected to God we cherished our Sunday morning worship together. Because we knew that as we drew closer to God, that it drew us closer to one another. We knew that that time that we spent with God made that the time that we spent with each other more enjoyable and more rewarding. We knew that the time that we spent with God enabled us to do the things that we did and to connect with other people so that we, in ways that we never really understood, were able to make a difference in their lives. And we were able to point them toward Christ. Now, I'm not interested in reliving those days. Bless those of you who are in the midst of those days now. We went on to another phase in life when, when um, I quit work and went to seminary. And in that phase, God nudged us in a different direction. Uh, God called me to create more margins and to do less to focus on studies, to focus on helping take care of the household, um, not, not cleaning the bathrooms, though. <laughs> Cooking, little cleaning, very little, she says. Um, taking care of the kids as teenagers and getting them to where they needed to be um, and just being there for the kids in the midst of a transition and move. But again... The first thing we did when we moved to seminary, of course, you're a seminary student. Hopefully, you find a church to attend, right? Although, unfortunately, I know many seminary students who um, didn't participate in a a church or a congregation. But you see, uh, the point is, is that depending on the season that we are in, we prioritize our time differently. And yet... We prioritize our time in such a way uh, that we are connected to God. We prioritize our time so that we can enjoy life with God. And regardless of what season we're in, it is important for us to take time to reflect and to look beyond our current circumstances and our routine and always to be asking ourselves, Am I connected well with God? Am I using the time that I have in ways to love God and to love others and to do that which God has called me to do? Am I listening for the voice of God? So that I might discern the season, that I might discern the right thing to do at this time and this place, so that I might spend time wisely aligned with God and God's timing, so that indeed I might enjoy the gift of time and relationships that God has given me. And in doing so, I can be confident I can be confident that when I do that, that I can truly make a difference in the lives of other people. And I don't have to be stressed out about it. I can enjoy life and still do the work of God. Do you all believe that? I can enjoy life and still do the work of God. In fact, when people ask me how things are going at Cameron United Methodist, at Cameron United Methodist Church, um, I don't tell them um, what the numbers are. I don't tell them what the giving is. You know what I tell them? I tell them that Kobe and I are having a blast. We are having the time of our life in the place where we are because we are excited about what the Spirit is doing here. We are excited about the potential and the difference that you all can make in this community and this world as we seek together to connect with God, to enjoy doing life and ministry with God, having a confidence that when we do that, we will truly make a difference in the lives of other people. May it be so this day and every day. Amen. Our ushers will come forward. Now is your opportunity to not just give of your tithes and your offering, but to offer your time, your lives to God. And so I invite you during this time to simply reflect on where God calls you to spend your time this day and every day. God, we give thanksgiving for the gifts for the givers. We give thanksgiving for the time that you have given us. We give thanksgiving for the Spirit who leads and directs us. Indeed, may your kingdom work be done. In Christ's name, amen. Now you're invited to remain standing, and um, we're going to sing just the first verse of Take My Life and Let It Be. Indeed, let us go forth this day, having heard the challenge from the psalmist and the teacher, uh, that God desires us to enjoy life with Him. Let us go forth to remain connected to Him this day. Let us go forth that through His Holy Spirit we may be empowered and sent to participate in His kingdom mission. Go in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit to be the people that God intends us to be, amen.